Hello, Monetization Nation. I'm Nathan Gwilym, your host. Today I'm joined by Chloe Thomas. Chloe is an e-commerce marketing problem solver. She's the author of several best-selling books, including e-commerce marketing, how to get traffic that buys to your website. She is a keynote speaker and host of the award-winning e-commerce master plan podcast and the keep optimizing marketing podcast. Today, we're going to discuss Chloe's books and five of her e-commerce tips for your business. Also in today's episode, we'll cover the following key takeaways. Number one, e-commerce is its own business model. Number two, e-commerce requires a marketing plan. Number three, we should focus on improving each step of the customer journey. Number four, customers have a desire for a real emotional connection with the businesses they interact with. Number five, we can build our credibility in the online space through reviews and testimonials, user-generated content, social media posts, influencer marketing, and several other strategies. And number six, in B2B sales, the customer typically makes their decisions based on what will protect their job. Thank you so much for joining us today, Chloe. Oh, it's great to be here, Nathan. Thanks for inviting me on your show. Hey, can you start off by telling us about the books you've written? So, um, so my, I wrote my first book a very long time ago now to help um, e-commerce and mail order retailers to plot their path to success. Because this was back in the early 2000s when a lot of them were making some big fundamental mistakes. That one's called e-commerce master plan. And I think you can still find it on Amazon. But that's the philosophy which have followed through on all the other books I've written. It's all about helping uh, retailers and brands and D2C e-commerce businesses solve their problems by giving them the information they need and processes via which to do it. So I'll, I'll take you through the three most recent ones very, very quickly. And, so yeah. And on that, on that book, can you tell us what the, like the two most important takeaways are that people could learn from that book? Oh, okay. Number one is each type of e-commerce is a different business model. So if you're selling online via your own, say, Shopify site to consumers, that's one business model. If you then open a physical store, that's a totally different set of business rules, processes, things you've got to learn. And, and the same if you list on Amazon or eBay. And I find that, you know, people just go, oh, yeah, we'll just open a store. And then they're like, oh, wow, it's really different. It's like, yeah, obviously. Um, so that's the, the key lesson. The second lesson is you have to do some marketing um, because a lot of people think, oh, we'll just put up a website and the sales will come or we'll just stick some product on Amazon and the sales will come. But actually, you have to do the marketing. You have to learn the marketing and spend the money on the marketing. So those would be the two big takeaways from that one. I love it. OK, go ahead and move to your next book. OK, cool. So this one is B2B e-commerce master plan, which is all about helping manufacturers and wholesalers sell to their business customers via e-commerce, which is a totally different set of challenges and functionality to serving a consumer. Um, um, I wrote this one because there's, there's a big shift happening in the wholesale manufacturer space, which is that their customers restaurants, retail stores, office workers no longer want to have to send them a fax to order their product. Um, and they no longer want to have to wait for the salesperson to call. So this is all about both the internal politics of shifting over and um, the actual technical process of building and launching that website. So that's a very, very niche book. 
You know, the two key points that I've learned about B2B e-commerce, mm -hmm. and you'll have to tell me if you think these are good points or not. Um, number one is with the consumer, the consumer often makes the decision based upon what's best for them. Mm -hmm. But in the B2B sale, people make the decision on based upon what will protect their job. Not necessarily what's best for the company, but what what's going to help them in their individual career. And, and it, you may have the best software product or the best something that you're selling, but you're not a known established commodity and they may choose to not go with you and go with a much more expensive and, and the more expensive solution with less features just because it would protect their job because there's less risk in that solution. That's and one of the f fascinating things about the B2B e-commerce side of things is a lot of businesses go into it with certainly the salespeople thinking they're going to lose their jobs. Oh, everyone's mm. going to order online. They're not going to need, need me. But actually the salesperson's role changes so that rather than um, phoning up the customer to get the order, you know, it's the first of the month. It's time to place your order. They now are building relationships with the customers and able to go out and do prospecting. So a lot of companies actually hire more salespeople after putting into a B2B e-commerce site because it creates more work for salespeople and gets them out of admin. So yeah, it's, it. um, you, ha you really have to handhold the customers. And you have to establish your credibility too. The credibility in the B2B space is so huge because people can't afford to take risk on something that might hurt their career. And if you don't have credibility, they're just not gonna be able to go with you. So and I, I guess the second other big point that I've seen in B2B is, the extended sales cycle where when you're going B2C, people can make decisions a lot faster. And it seems like the larger scale the, the purchase has become in the B2B world, the longer it takes to get that approval in the sales cycle. But on the flip side, it's also harder to get it to stop. It's like it keeps <laughs> going and it's, it's like a train, right? That you get all this momentum. It takes so much effort and energy to get that train moving, but it also takes a lot more momentum more effort to get that momentum to stop. Well, that's the fascinating bit about how the tech side of the B2B e-commerce platforms are so different because they usually have account management centers. So you'll, you might even, you know, some get developed to the point where they have an app that you're, say you're a chain of bars reordering snacks, let's say. Um, they've got an app which each bar manager has and there they can order their snacks that then the head office team can sign off the orders to then get it all delivered. And that's all managed by the supplier's software. So, you know, you talk about embedding yourself in your customer's business. That's a big old barrier for exiting for, for that customer. It's, it's really, it gets really, really fascinating what's possible on the back end of these. Okay. And, and your third book. Um, so, oops. So this one is the most recent of my books. Um, it's the one that's been a bestseller for about the last 12 months on Amazon UK and occasionally gets there in Amazon US as well. Congratulations. Thank you very much. It's, it's taken me five books to learn how to do that. <laughs> so I'm very pleased. This one is, is really about the fundamental thing I try and help people solve, which is to answer two questions. One is what marketing should I be doing that I'm not already doing? And the other one is, is the marketing I'm doing the marketing I should be doing? And in this book, I both take people through a model that, uh, that I've created called the customer master plan model, which is all about making better marketing decisions. And I run through 
um, kind of like the CEO's guide to each of the core marketing disciplines in e-commerce. So it's not click here, do this with Facebook ads or with Google ads or with email, but it's this is what you need to know about it to work out if it's worth testing for you. And these are the things you need to challenge your agency about or your team about or do yourself to make it work for you. So whilst it has been in print now since late 2019, it's almost certainly not going to need rewriting for another couple of years yet because it's not the click here, do this. It's the this is what you need to know about email, about SEO, about Google ads, about Facebook ads to make the right decisions. Will you explain to us that master plan from the book? Take us no, through the, the model. Yeah, sure. Yes. Here's the basic model. So it's six circles and a number of arrows that drill e-commerce down to its fundamentals. So from left to right across the bottom, you've got six circles, each of which relates to one of the customer's relationship levels with your business. So on the far left, uh, we've got the world, which is literally everyone out there. Some of them will have heard of your business. Many of them won't. Then we have, they've got to your website. So they're a visitor. Then they become an inquirer, so they sign up to your email list. Then they become a first-time buyer, repeat buyer, bought twice, and regular buyer, bought more than twice. That's probably not rocket science to anyone out there. And the best models that I find aren't rocket science. But the key thing is to think your role is to turn people, get people from one of those circles to the next. So you're trying to get them to jump across to go from one side to the other side of the model. And the faster you can do that, the more money you're going to make. And the more people you can do that, the more money you're going to make. So the real lesson of the model is to think, where are we weakest right now? Which bit don't we have covered well? And let's go and improve that. So it's about helping you, A, make sure you've got the whole customer journey covered, but also to help you work out where you should be focusing for the next quarter, for the next month, and where your teams need to work. Because whilst it's in my book, e-commerce marketing, it of course relates to every aspect of a business. You know, to get to turn inquirers into first-time buyers isn't just about the marketing you send them. It's also about how well your website works. It's about how good your products are. It's about what your shipping strategy is. All these different elements of the business come into it. Okay. So in this career that you've had in Mm e-commerce marketing, what is the greatest success or home run that you've hit? Wow. I'm trying to think of what I'm actually allowed to talk about. Uh, I suppose I suppose one I look back on and kind of go, I can't believe I did that, was many years ago now when um, my agency, because I ran a marketing agency for 10 years, where we did, uh, we ran Google ads and Facebook ads, we did email marketing for people. And under that banner, I project managed website rebuilds and website builds. And within that, We were approached by a company who ran a concessions business in the UK. So I'll explain what that is and you can tell me if that's the right word for it in the US. But they were a fashion manufacturer, a fashion designer who had a number of brands which they sold via concessions in big department stores. So with a handful of their own shops, but they kind of they'd have had a little area in Saks or a little area in Macy's in the US. The word word in the US is consignment. Consignment. Consignment store. I had a feeling it wasn't the same. <laughs> yeah, concessions is when you go to the sporting event and they sell you a hot dog. That's concessions. Oh, yeah, it wasn't that. It definitely wasn't <laughs> that. And actually, you're sending the goods on consignment, so that makes total sense. So they, they were running this and they wanted to start, well, some of them 
not the CEO, but some of them wanted to start selling direct to, to the customer via their own websites. So we were put in charge of project managing this with their IT team to integrate, create warehousing space, um, the, the whole nine yards. And we, we got the first one up and running and that one convinced the CEO that, oh, maybe maybe this online thing might be worth pursuing after all. And we were, we were properly bootstrapping it. It was tiny, tiny budgets. Um, and then from that, we rolled out to another, I think it was six brands in total, including one which was the UK's first or second uh, biggest plus size female fashion retailer. And that still kind of blows my mind that I was still allowed to do that. It was a, it was an amazing kind of 18 months. It was quite phenomenal. What do you feel is the biggest tectonic shift that is transforming the business landscape today? It's the consumer's desire for a connection of some sort, some form of emotional connection with the businesses that they transact with. And it's one which we've seen growing in the e-commerce space for the last, maybe the last five years, if I'm being generous. Um, and you see it with some of the big D2C brands that have come through like Allbirds, Gymshark in the UK, um, and many others. And it's that just that consumer desire to for their purchases to mean something more or to buy from people like them and people they feel they're connected to in some way. And it's, it's hard to put an, uh, you know, a finger on it, but the brands which get it and which manage to, to put this through the full DNA of their business, every single element of their business are just skyrocketing at the moment. They want an experience. They're not just looking for a transaction and they want a connection. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you that humanizing and the experiential relationship is so important. Okay, there's a few tectonic shifts that we talk about a lot on this show. Um, one of them is is the shift to credibility marketing. It used to be that 25 years ago, businesses would buy as much advertising as they could get their hands on and then, and then use that to tell the world how awesome they are. And that model just doesn't work very well anymore. People are having to find much more credible ways to communicate with their target audience from reviews or or testimonial videos or influencer marketing, or, you know, there, there's a lot of different ways, uh, scientific data. Uh, can you give us any examples or stories that you've seen in your career of companies that have done a good job with credibility marketing? I think in the, in the e-commerce space, no one, no one is specifically jumping to mind. But what I would say is that those businesses who, who jump in with both feet into the world of getting customer user generated content. So reviews, video testimonials, and on social media as well, and then reuse that in their marketing, unlock a path to growth that those who are just like, well, we've put the reviews up on the website and we, we're just going to leave it there. Just don't, don't unlock. And it, it's kind of one of those secret strategies in e-commerce at the moment, which allows you to double down on um, the, you know, building that emotional connection with people as well is the is the, the part of the reviews. But I am struggling to think of one particular company I would hold up. Like Amazon, for example, in the e-commerce space has done a really good job of reviews. So many people, you know, they don't even buy a book without reading the reviews now. Yeah, see, I would say Amazon's possibly gone, used to be 
a great example. But because now you can really easily buy reviews and a lot of the reviews are, are a bit dubious, I would say there's there's a maybe just because I'm, I'm an insider in the world, I'm starting to t yeah. put less trust in the Amazon reviews. But I think they have historically been been a great proponent of it. Thank you so much, Chloe, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. To learn more about or connect with Chloe, you can connect with her on LinkedIn or visit her website. You can also check out her books or her podcasts. And there's links to each of these sites in the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. You can also get a free ebook that I wrote about passion marketing and learn how to become a top priority of your ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. You can also subscribe to Monetization Nation on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, our Facebook group, and on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode, and I wish you success in your e-commerce. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.